it is a truth universally I acknowledged. I have noticed my growing resemblance Ooh, that is to a gold. daffodil. Does not glitter. How I would die. Not all. Though I had reason enough in the last few if you want to rebel, rebel from exist, inside the system. But because they tell us that dragons. I'm your host, Vicky, from Miss Vicky's Bookcase. Let's begin our story together. Hello, and welcome to Miss Vicky's Bookcase. Do you know, I feel like I should always start off with the weather. <laughs> Maybe it's the British part of me that's like, oh, it's summer and it's kind of normal British summer. But anyway, you're not here to talk about the summer. I mean, I could talk about the summer and the lack of sun, but. We'll just leave it there. So today is the day that we are going to be doing a review of our next Wilbur Smith Adventure Prize shortlist. And we're going to do, if you hadn't already known, The Deep Blue Between by Aisha Harana Atta. By the way, she is absolutely lovely. I attended the author event um, a couple of weeks ago with her and she is so lovely. And I kind of feel really guilty. <laughs> and you'll see why I feel really guilty in a minute or two. Because in all seriousness, I don't think it would take you long to work out why I feel guilty. And I kind of was excited, by the way, to try and read this book. Because it's set in parts of the world I don't normally read about. And I kind of was excited to try something different and new. And that it'd be a, a, a unique adventure for me. Well, it kind of was, but it wasn't. Now, before we go any further, I just need to give you some trigger warnings for this book. I mean, it's all really mild. This is, although this is a young adult book, most definitely young adult, not middle grade, which is what, for some reason, my library book is, but we're going to let that go. It's, it's all very mild. There's nothing that's hugely explicit, but I think it's worth having these trigger warnings anyway. So, first of all, we have Mild with Animal Sacrifice. I know it sounds weird, but it's just briefly mentioned and it might be a shock to some people. Mild as well for rape. It is mentioned, but they don't use the word rape. They imply it, but it is worth putting it in there in this particular case. And the last one, it's not really a trigger warning. It's just a don't let it take you by surprise because I'm so proud that this is becoming more of a norm and you're thinking what is she going on about and that is the fact that they mention uh one of the girls start their period and how she deals with that and I think rock on sister that's fantastic you've normalized it but I thought I'd ever mention it just so it's not a bit of a uh <laughs> thing because a lot of people are like oh don't talk about it but I'm really glad she does mention it that's a really normal thing, which is great. So let's do our traditional, who is the author? So Aisha Harana Atta, she is a Ghanaian born and educated at the Mont Holyoke College, Columbia University and NYU. Aisha has degrees in biochemistry, journalism and creative writing. She was also a 2015 Africa Centre Artist in Residency Award Laureate and a Sakata Fellow? Not sure what that is, but it sounds interesting. She is also the recipient of the 2016 Miles Moreland Foundation Scholarship for Nonfiction. She currently lives in Senegal and loves cooking green tea ice cream and staring at the ocean. So now we know a little bit about her, let's find out about the book. 
So if you've never heard about the Deep Blue Between, it's about two twin sisters called Hassana and Husenia. I'm so sorry, I'm pronouncing it really bad. Uh, their home is in ruins after a brutal raid, but this is not the end, but the beginning of their story. One that would take them to the unfamiliar cities and cultures, where they will forge new families, ward off dangers, and truly begin to know themselves. As the twins pursue separate paths in Brazil and the Gold Coast of West Africa, they remain connected through shared dreams of water. But will their fates ever draw them back together? Now, it is spot on, actually, really. That's a really good summary of what it's kind of about, which I'm really glad for because I really do think some people just take too many liberties. So, as you know, it's going to be two sisters and they're split up and sent to different paths. And first of all, we'll do Hassana. And I'm hopefully not going to get these names confused because they sound so familiar to me that I'm struggling with the different pronunciations if you hadn't already guessed. Anyway, so with Hassana, she's a slave in the camp in a compound and country where slavery is forbidden. She's supposed to have a different name so that when the inspector comes round, they believe she's part of the family. She kind of doesn't do this, so her master has to quickly sell her so he doesn't get in trouble. And she's given to this temporary owner and she runs away from him because he's not the cleverest of men. <laughs> and she runs into a white man called Richard and... This, by the way, is set in Africa in, in the 1890s. So the white man is a powerful person and they seem to have a lot more respect than I think they possibly deserve. Well, we'll see. And Richard basically protects her, takes her away from this man because, of course, slavery is not supposed to be around because uh, the, the new owner basically tries to say she's his daughter and she's like, I'm not his daughter. I don't think so. So Richard does save her and she eventually ends up in a Christian mission where she's taught to read and write and she really loves that. She almost becomes almost a different personality. She's the bold, bright twin. And you kind of follow her as she gets these dreams as well about her sister across the water and that she begins to really want to find her sister. I mean, they're 10 when the raid happens and by the time it ends they're about 17 so it's like seven years she eventually enlists the help of a woman called rose who helps her leave the mission and eventually get to a town where she'll be able to work earn money and be able to save to be able to get across the ocean because she believes her sister her sister is across the ocean possibly in brazil brazil's where she's being called and she kind of grows up and you can see the twists and turns as she grows up and it's kind of it's okay so now we flip over to the other sister, who is Husenia. Now I'm going to call her Victoria because she actually changes her name to Victoria. She's actually renamed during the uh, stay away from her sister. So just so it doesn't confuse anything, we'll just call her Victoria. So she's the more timid of the twin and is a slave in a town rather than in the countryside, which is where her other sister was. And she's rescued by a woman called Yaya. And she is a woman who worships the Orsharia and is the equivalent of a priestess. Um, it's a Yoruba tradition. And she basically saves Vittoria. She teaches her how to sew and create dresses and things like that to go with uh, the worship of Orisha. 
Raisha. My apologies, I'm probably saying it very wrong. And she eventually takes Vittoria to Brazil because her former master, that's Vittoria's former master, basically threatens and has been throwing nasty things like snakes and dead rats at her and Yaya's like, okay, let's just go back to Brazil because that's where Yaya came from. Because originally Yaya was a slave who got captured from Africa, she got taken to Brazil, she was freed eventually and she basically helps other slaves to be freed and she becomes a priestess as I said. Well, I don't think they're called priestesses but I'm just calling it a priestess so you know kind of like the equivalent of. And by the way, in Brazil it's called, I'm going to say this also wrong, a candomblil. And um, it is a mixture of different religions almost put together, kind of like a mix of Catholicism and with the worship of Horatia thrown in. It's kind of weird and interesting at the same time, so well worth a Google by the way. So in Brazil, Vittoria is taught how to worship the Horatia and she becomes initiated into becoming kind of like the equivalent of a priestess. I'm not sure what they call them, but you know, that's what we're going with. And she comes out of the shadows out of being the timid twin and really blossoms out over the five years. So it's really interesting seeing how both twins develop in their time apart. And the thing is, is, I mean, the characters, they're fine. I just, I wasn't really interested in them and I didn't really get onto, in fact, I would say from the bit with Victoria, I actually felt a little bit uncomfortable with some of the Orisha ceremonies. I think that's because I didn't like the fact that she'd take part in the ceremony very willingly. This is all very willing and she's really happy about it all, but I just felt kind of uncomfortable that she kind of doesn't know a little bit what happens when she does the dance and goes into a trance. I just found that a little bit uncomfortable, but that's probably just a me thing rather than anything else. And it, it kind of, I don't know, I just, I felt really meh about the whole thing, really. I just wasn't feeling that interested, although I was excited to learn about culture in the 1890s in Brazil and Africa. I just, I just wasn't enjoying the story very much. But having said that, I really liked the way the author made two distinct voices with the twins, and that definitely was the best bit for me, where Hasana was written, I think, in the first person, so it's all I's and me's, and Victoria's written in the third person, where it's a she and her, and it was very distinctly clear that there were very distinct personalities, and I really liked that. Sometimes it can be difficult trying to distinguish between the different voices, and I liked that designation that one has a certain type of writing style the other has a different writing style really enjoyed that it is to me a little too flowery it definitely had the smack of a literary book where you know I mean <laughs> you're gonna laugh a little but I don't really want to know or really associate ants with a story because she wrote it like this paragraph <laughs> it's only a paragraph but I still remember it where the, one of the girls associates the, the ants and their burdens being carried around with her own personal life. I was just like, oh, I'm not really that interested, but you know. And that kind of leads me nicely round to the plot itself, which was mildly interesting. I did want to see how they were going to get back together and I was interested from that perspective. I thought it was going to be like an epic adventure where they'd 
try and trace and track each other and hunt each other down, but it really wasn't like that. It didn't feel like that at all. And if I'm really honest, it wasn't really that interested when they kind of got back together. I think it's very obvious that they're going to get back together. It's, it, I feel like I'm not spoiling it by saying they do get back together because what would be the point of the story? And I know that all the dreams connect them together and, you know, the one had a dream that she's the girl was in Brazil, but she didn't actually go after her in Brazil. She stayed there because she got convinced of the futility of it, while the other one eventually does come back. And you're like, mm, I can understand because Africa is a massive place. And so it would be almost impossible to find her. But it's just, I find it ironic that they were so close to each other. It, It's just a bit odd. It just didn't feel that epic, really. It was just like, oh, look, she's there. Hmm. Anyway, I think that's just a thing for me. Especially as I didn't really find it all that interesting. I think I've repeated that before. But it just, just really didn't keep my attention that much. You can see why I now feel really guilty because the author worked so hard on this. I'm, you know, all the historical facts showing all the different cultures. I really did love that. But really, to keep me going, I needed a little bit more than that, really. And I have to say, if I had put it down, I probably wouldn't have picked it back up again. So it's it's one of those things. So did I enjoy it? I think you can guess. I didn't really enjoy it. I think it's the style of book. It just wasn't for me. And I know a lot of people love this book. And the story for a lot of people is amazing. And I've seen so many five stars, four stars with it. And I can see where they come from because I give them their reasons. But I just, I just found it a little bit boring. I'm really sorry. It was just really boring. I, I found it interesting learning about different culture and a different religion entirely, which I had never known about. So that was quite interesting. But I just don't feel enthusiastic about it. I really honestly. And so this leads me to the shortlist for the Wilbur Smith Prize. And this is the third book now we're on. And this is now the lowest on my list. It just, to me, didn't fulfil the adventure requirements in my book. And the top one in my book was the fact that I needed to keep reading as it had captured my imagination. And it was just a little bit dull to me. It's, I just wasn't really interested in that story. If you're wondering, I, it does remind me of the author Lucinda Riley and her series The Seven Sisters. I have read one of those. Ironically, that one was based in Brazil as well. So maybe I've got a thing for Brazil. And that's what it reminds me of. I, I'm not a fan of that style of story. I'm not really interested in it. So this makes it a bit difficult especially to judge but if you like this to Riley you're really gonna like that book absolutely definitely gonna love that book and I mean the thing is is it does tick all the boxes for the culture I felt like I was in a totally different world and I was exploring strange new kind of cultures I loved that that was the bit I really loved it just was the story to me was on the boring side I'm not interested and it just didn't make me want to read past 30 pages, really. I mean, I did read the book, totally, but it just didn't do that for me. But if you like Lucinda Riley and the Seven Sisters, definitely go with that. So at the moment, we have 
Otto Eckhart in the top slot, followed by City of Vengeance with Deep Blue Between as the last one. Now, one last thing to do before I finish, and that is three words to describe the book, and then we're going to be done. Hurrah! So I would describe this book as bonds between sisters, family, literary, most definitely literary. So hopefully that's giving you a perspective into a different kind of book. If you've never tried a historical novel before, have a go. It really was quite interesting from that perspective and it's always good to branch out. And I think that's all for this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed my review. If you want to make a comment about The Deep Blue Between, jump over to my Instagram page at Miss Vicky's Bookcase and feel free to leave a comment. I will see you in the next podcast. Bye for now. More talk. Pearl of Cities. People really are this like houses is not with vast rooms and tiny Libraries rooms. were full of ideas, perhaps the most dangerous and powerful. She delighted in the smell of the ink, the rough feel of the paper. Had commented once. That Neil had a gift for making someone by children is not a good children's story. Very weak-minded, refused to be influenced by literature and culture.